fundraising from foundations during and let's hope after the pandemic. Hi, I'm Bill Stanjakovich. This is the first day from the fundraising school and I'm joined today by Jeff Small. Jeff is a leader at the Nina Mason Pulliam Charitable Trust where he oversees the foundation program teams in their cities of Indianapolis and Phoenix. And we also like to boast that Jeff is an alum of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy. Jeff, always great to have you with us on these podcasts. And of course, one of the questions we're receiving at the fundraising school from fundraisers is what does this virus crisis mean for fundraising from foundations? What advice do you have for us? So, uh, you know, as, as usual, uh, disruptions, uh, in society at the and at the frontline service level are are a little muffled when it hits foundations but we certainly are in a in a situation where foundation operations uh and our strategies are being disrupted uh by this and we're trying to figure out you know how to how to work with grantees and continue to have the most impact with our dollars in this new landscape um from from my view, I'll give you a little insight on what I see foundations doing and then um, how I would suggest uh, nonprofits interact with that. Uh, and Bill, I think you know my first, my first rule of interacting with foundations is remember that uh, as a nonprofit, you are indispensable to a foundation. You are, you are the source of frontline uh, knowledge, uh, access to recipients and uh, access to um, the ability to create change that we can't uh, because we don't have uh, that ability. We don't have the front line for most of us. There are certainly foundations that are doing direct programming, but we just uh, exist for, for different functions and we can't convert our money into public good and impact without you. So uh, understand when you go into these conversations that this, these are conversations between equals who both uh, want the best for, for their communities. Um, and it, it is relationship-based, it's human to human. So um, try not, despite the panic that, that you may be feeling and that, that you may see in, in your communities and in the causes you serve, um, you know, try to be calm and and remember that, that we're all people and we're all trying to, to make this better. So in terms of what I've seen happening, um, there, there are essentially three parallel things going on within most foundations um, that, that I interact with. And, and the first thing that uh, everyone seems to have done is to um, look at their open grants, look at the places where they have investments and assess um, what's still relevant, what is, what's unlikely to happen. I think the best among us have communicated with our grantees uh, to let them know, um, you know, we understand uh, that outcomes are gonna change, timelines are gonna change, even needs are gonna change. Uh, so um, I think if you haven't heard from a foundation, um, know that they're probably uh, aware of that uh, and, and thinking about what might be happening. And from what I'm hearing from most foundations, there's a realistic openness to adjusting previously uh, proposed uh, programs or previously awarded grants 
whether that's outcomes, whether that's reducing restrictions. That's a very common thing that's happening right now is to uh, take a restricted grant uh, that they've given to a trusted provider and say, you know, we understand that program's not going to happen and that you need operating dollars right now. Uh, so we're open to uh, providing that flexibility. Um, the second level uh, is to, you know, think about the things that are kind of in the pipeline. Foundations work in, uh, in kind of rhythmic uh, pipelines of proposals and approvals, and, and we kind of are creatures of habit, uh, but this has certainly caused a lot of folks to uh, reevaluate those things that are already in process. Uh, if you have a grant that's in process with a foundation, reach out to them uh, and, and let them know uh, if things have changed, if it's still a priority, um, that's both of those instances with existing funded programs and those that are in a pipeline with an organization provide an entry point for a conversation about what your status is as well. Um, I think in general, foundations are uh, inclined towards preservation. Uh, so if there's something that we've worked on, uh, if there's something we've invested in in the past, your organization, for example, if you're, if you're out there doing the fundraising, there's a vested interest in, in foundations to make sure that past investments uh, aren't wiped off the, the page because of the pandemic. Um, you know, some, I think we're all realistic that some efforts are going are gonna to go away. And some, uh, you know, just like the business world, there are businesses that aren't going to reopen. And we know the same is true with nonprofits. But uh, like all fundraising, your, your previous donors are your most likely future donors with foundations as well. So managing those relationships and updating folks on um, the investments they've already made or the investments that they're contemplating making are the first steps and I think are the things that foundations are trying to do right now. The third step is more forward-looking. Mm -hmm. And foundations are thinking, what is our strategy, whether you're a geographically based uh, funder, thinking about stabilizing your community, whether you're a national funder that's looking for innovations in a time of disruption, or even uh, you know, something like an arts and culture funder where uh, you know, lots of your grantees may just be closed or may not be able to function in their, their normal mission. Um, we're all wading through that. And my advice uh, to uh, nonprofits in terms of interacting with foundations is definitely have patience uh, as we kind of figure out what our moves are. Foundations aren't always the best emergency funders, despite our piles of money. Um, we move at a slow pace. Uh, so I see a lot of foundations have made kind of initial investments, whether it's in community funds, whether it's to national nonprofits, uh, things like that. Kind of thinking about that second wave, what's it look like in a month or two? Because that's what uh, it, it may take to, to get the wheels turning, to get the capital freed up and to do things. Um, so Again, transparent communication is going to be the best way to keep pace with that. Approach things as updating uh, folks on what you're doing, what your plan is. 
I would also suggest before you reach out to any foundation, make sure that you have an organizational plan. Uh, your first duty uh, to your organization is to plan for its, uh, its mission fulfillment, its existence. Um, that's your, your responsibility. Foundations obviously play a role in that. Um, but that'll position you best for that conversation with, uh, with a, uh, a program officer or a foundation staff member, even a family member in a small, uh, you know, family fund, um, have your ducks in a row. Obviously every plan made right now is subject to change, but when we talk to, uh, grantees now, we're asking, you know, what are you, what, what are you going to do in the next three months? What are you going to do in the next six months? Uh, we're asking questions about, do you have cash reserves? If not, how are you, how are you keeping the doors open? Or if you're not keeping the doors open, what's your plan for mission fulfillment? You need to be prepared to answer these questions and not just come and say, boy, we've lost X amount of dollars and we are in a hole and it's terrible. Um, that's, that's probably not, uh, the most productive thing. The best conversations from my perspective uh, that I'm having now are informative uh, about what's happening at your organization, um, what your plan is, what you see happening, not just in your organization, but in the system within which you work. Um, these are the types of conversations that uh, I think bring the foundation in closer with what you're doing and are less likely to kind of get you brushed off the page. Um, I don't have a ton of uh, uh, silver lining and optimism about uh, finding new foundation donors right at the moment. Um, foundations are a lagging uh, indicator in terms of our giving, so that's good news when a crisis happens. Most of us, if we're changing our budgets right now, are increasing them. Our budgets were set based on last year's asset amounts or in many cases like our organization on a three-year rolling average. So you're not gonna see foundations dramatically dropping their budgets just because of uh, you know, disruption in the stock market over the last two or three months. Um, and I think you're seeing a concerted effort among foundations to, if possible, go beyond the minimum um, even from what they had previously budgeted, there's a, there's a lot of movement around that um, to, uh, you know, sign on to pledges to give more than the 5%. There's also movement to try and uh, push legislators to require more than the 5%. I don't know that that has legs, but um, you shouldn't worry in terms of is a foundation's giving going to contract dramatically. It's, it's not right now. That's not a big risk. Um, it from what I'm seeing, uh, nor I, would I say it's a huge risk next year. Um, but we can't, we just can't say with the found or with the, uh, markets as up and down as they are. But at this point, the market, uh, hit has been less than the salary hit for, uh, the country. So to the degree that the market dictates our, our giving, um, I don't expect to see a huge drop off in foundation giving next year where you might see government uh, dollars drop, maybe individual giving drop. I think that's 
we'll wait for the the center to uh, or the school to let us know what the what the tea leaves say on that um but in terms of foundations kind of moving into new areas picking up new grantees uh, i would say the chances are uh worse than they were before this um, I, I think you see a lot of circling the wagons preserving the agencies uh, that they've invested in the past, investing in organizations they have a, a built trust with. There are certainly exceptions. I think in the uh, in the area of bioscience, uh, you know, public health, uh, there are uh, folks who are trying new things. I mean, uh, the the school of philanthropy had a, a conversation with folks from Gates, uh, the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation, last week, and they're being very aggressive. Now, they're using a lot of their uh, existing trusted partners, uh, but they're, they're trying to take the pandemic head on because it's in an area that they've been working and, and they have knowledge and they can be aggressive. I think your average foundation, again, is gonna be in a preservation mode, which to me means your best opportunities are gonna be those existing relationships and the potential that an or a foundation may redouble their investment in you to stabilize you, to, to provide you the fuel you need to, to pursue your mission. Um, Jeff, that is great insider advice. And kind of summarizing Jeff's you know, kind of key points that you know, foundations are looking to maintain the relationships they have with their existing grant recipients. Uh, They're looking to continue to steward the projects that have been through the pipeline. Uh, and Jeff giving us good advice that you know, foundations uh, are not going to provide emergency immediate funding. There are some exceptions when we see grants to food banks and things of that nature, but th that's the exception that proves the rule. Uh, and be ready to answer lots of questions that maybe you weren't asked before uh, about your finances and about your three and six month plans uh, as foundations are wondering. They, they're all interested in sustainability. They want to see that impact that you're going to be able to make. Uh, and I love Jeff's first point, and I share this, I quote Jeff when I teach for the fundraising school, that never ever forget that you, as a fundraiser, are indispensable to the foundations uh, because they can't do their job without you. So maintain those foundation relationships, keep that foundation fundraising in the context of your entire fundraising plan. Uh, great advice and news from Jeff that he anticipates uh, that the grant dollars available from foundation funders will at least stay the same, maybe even increase uh, in 2020 and even into 2021. So let's not get scared about what the stock market is doing uh, as we think about fundraising from foundations. You can see why Jeff Small is the Vice President of Programs for the Nyman Mason Pulliam Charitable Trust, leading their grant making in the Indianapolis and Phoenix metropolitan areas. Uh, and again, we're so proud to have Jeff as an alum of the Indiana University Lilly Family School of Philanthropy, which by the way, if you're interested in that master's program, that degree is now entirely online. And we'd love to have you if this virus crisis is tapping you on the shoulder and telling you maybe it's time to skill up and get that next academic credential. Meanwhile, here at the Fundraising School, we have these weekly podcasts. We have the monthly webinar conversations called Fridays with the Fundraising School. And our courses are still open. Uh, the courses that lead to the Certificate in Fundraising Management and the courses that lead to the Certificate in Fundraising Leadership, those are still available online. We hope to be back in person in our home city of Indianapolis in late August. 
stay tuned, you know, day by day, week by week, we're watching to see if that's going to be possible. But what we already know is possible are our crisis response scholarships that can reduce the uh, cost of course registration by 50%. All this is available through TFRS at your desk, the fundraising school, TFRS at your desk, online at philanthropy.iupui.edu forward slash the fundraising school. I'm Bill Stanjakevich, and now you are now more up to date on this first day from the fundraising school. Mm-hmm.